Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every single week and discuss the important things like... So this, one, this one's been on my mind for literally the past, like, two, three weeks to a month. Where on a centaur does the centaur get pregnant? Is it the people bellies or is it the horse bellies? Uh, because no one on the internet can actually fully uh, agree on it. Uh, but if Google Images is anything to say, then they don't know if it's horse belly or people belly, but they do know that the people, like, titties are the ones that grow real big because the internet is a nightmare scape. Anyway, <laughs> this week we have with us, look, I've got, I've had like a long couple of weeks. Uh, this week we've got with us the wonderful Ian. I just woke up half an hour ago. This is not okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm still think, on my first coffee. This is not okay. Think about centaur titties and say hello, goddammit. I refuse. <laughs> no unfair fight. I'm sorry that I made it so weird and horny to start with. We're going to get there eventually. I guess it's just a good thing we got it out of the way. <laughs> we started it weird. Might as well keep it going. <laughs> Um, we also have with us Hemko Verme, also known as the unlikely GM. I'm okay with this line of immersion. Yes! Uh, this is, uh, see, this is an interesting subject, biology yes. and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's important to know where the centaur gets pregnant. We all horny for this one now. It's all good, Fog. I'm totally with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have with us Sarah Meaden, also known as I'm Your Hero. Hello, and I would like to posit, why not both? Porque no los dos. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I would argue it's the horsey end because uh, generally, in uh, you know the type of images I find on the internet, there's uh, there there don't appear to be any uh, any genitals uh, on the uh, on the front, on the right. end. So it has to be the horse really, part. I mean, it is a fantasy like, creature. It has to be the horse part because that's also... the part where the se- the sexy part happens at the horse end. <laughs> So the pregnancy part must also be happening at the horse end, right? I mean, according to the internet, it's a pregnant centaur. All of it is the sexy part. Um, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. (laughs) I died in this Ian regrets everything. I died in my sleep last night and I've woken up in hell. Well, welcome to my world. I live in this constant hellscape. You hear this voice? This is the voice of regret. Horse sexy things, whatever. Look, look. This week we are not supposed to be talking about this, but even though it is the best subject of D and D history, um, but this week we're actually talking about. Oh God, I wrote this before I. <laughs> look, I wrote this before this conversation happened, so it's like ten times worse. I this. <laughs> This week we're talking about how to set the mood in D and D, but not like in like a real sexy like you know centaur well, fucking way, but more in like either in either case I'd say candles. <laughs> right, both yes. cases candles is correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is more in a way of making sure everyone at the table is as immersed as possible in like the game. Um, so yeah. This has gone to a buck wild start. It's gone to a buck fucking wild start. Um, Please don't say buck fucking anymore. I'm, I'm buck fucking wild. <laughs> oh, that's a whole new meaning, and I'm so excited. Fuck. 
damn. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll try and go away from it and talk a little bit about how, how each of us as DMs make our, our own games like a little bit more uh, immersive or as immersive as we can make them. Um, I want to I want to continue Ian's horror. So Ian, how about you go up first? Oh, God, of course I fucking have to go first. Um. Okay, I had thoughts for this, but they're just gone now. Uh, yeah, I usually, I I always do uh, voices for different characters. Um, I'm running sort of a Transylvanian style campaign, so I'm having a lot of fun with the voices in that one. Uh. Oh, amazing. There's a lot of ridiculous characters in it, too. But then I have, like, a well of voices that I go back to. Like, I have to, mm-hmm. with my, with any male character, I have to stop myself from just kind of defaulting to a slightly raspier version of my voice. Because that's what they always <laughs> end up as. Um, Good. And then everyone sounds the same. But then, like, for my voices, I usually just steal them. So, like... Good. Um, you know, Morty shows up every now and again in one of my games as a guard. <laughs> Just as like a bumbling guard, because that works well. Um, Good, I have yeah. a lot of presidential impressions that I I dip back to for like kings and mayors and stuff. Uh, but in terms of like, in terms of music and stuff, uh, I find music ends up distracting people more than anything. Um, All right. And I haven't found a really any good way to incorporate sound effects. I had this one program mm-hmm. for a while, but it did not uh, work well. It mostly just made my players laugh uh because (laughs) some of the noises were a little much i don't want to get back to what we were talking about earlier but there were some noises that were like yeah battle noises like you have centaur fucking noises send them over (laughs) it's it's supposed to be like you have centaur fucking noises send them my way i found my new thing it's this It, it was it was oh. supposed to be like a, a combat, so you'd be have someone like getting hit in the background, but it didn't really sound like someone in a fight. Like, and I hate that I'm bringing this up now because why, I just spent the last ten you, minutes being grossed out. Sound like? But it it sounded yeah. like it sounded like gross <laughs> sex noises. Like? Yeah, oh, and like oh. it's supposed to be the boss fight of that module, and it completely <laughs> undercut because the whole time it sounds like you're having sex with her, which <laughs> is it's one way of defeating the boss. It's one way, but that's <laughs> right? not what they were aiming for. It's the best so. way is the problem. <laughs> like So I have a I have a question with the noises and I'm not making this dirty. Um was it just like a constant no. battle background noise or was it like a responsive like you hit him and then you'd you'd click something and be like, ah you know? Um there was the ability to do that. The way I had it set up was uh it's it's this program called Sirenscape or Sirenscape. I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's built specifically around Pathfinder, so it had stuff specifically for uh, this module um okay. so it literally has like here's the dungeon here's a bunch of sliders for sound effects in the dungeon and then a bunch of presets <laughs> where like here's when you're on the surface here's when you're on the first floor here's when you're on the second floor here's a uh, generic oh, battle noise here's the boss battle noise um so it would just be like intermittent every 15 seconds we would every 15 or 30 seconds <laughs> we would get a random hit noise um it was very distracting <laughs> Yeah, I turned That's it off pretty great. quick. When it comes oh, to dude. sound effects, um, it can work. You know, I can. I totally understand what you mean. Sometimes it's distracting. Um, 
there's two ways I do it. First of all, there's the music, um, and it's it's softly in the background, um, and it's just uh, it's it's playlists that repeat, and people go like, oh, it's uh, people think when they make a playlist that's going to be repetitive, but it's very low in the background, so it's very soft mm-hmm. background. Uh, music and I, there's a track of there's a little playlist of peaceful music, a playlist of battle music, a playlist of uh, creepy music, uh, and that's pretty much it. And that's what I cycle between. Um, and and it's it's very soft in the background, and that's that's very important. It shouldn't act ever come to the foreground at all, um, and therefore it also doesn't become repetitive because ne- nobody ever pays attention to the entire song. The song mm-hmm. uh, we should be paying attention to the game. When it comes to sound effects, I do use sound effects and I use them successfully, but um, not by using them in combat or anything. Like sound effects for me only come into play in "quote unquote" cutscenes. Okay. I'll I'll describe that a, you know they hear a they're out in the forest and it's quiet and they hear the distant sound of something flapping in the wind and there will be a wing flapping sound that slowly gets louder uh in the background and uh, uh followed by a dragon war um and that's it that immediately sets the mood it doesn't interrupt anything you're doing and th- 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 at that point the sound effect really is important it's part of the cutscene. um but you don't want to constantly distract players with it like if they're describing their actions and and you go right here ching, ching, uh, in the background then yeah, that I can imagine that's distracting. So that, that's that's how I use them. Like only for quote unquote cutscenes uh, would be a, a, a good way to use it uh, because it doesn't matter if it's distracting. It's part of the cutscene. It's supposed to be paid attention to. Yeah, like the the, the kind of difference between uh, just like one off sounds and then instead of like mm-hmm. you know a full battle where every so often you just hear eh in the background <laughs> for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's probably. Probably very different circumstances. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's a turn-based game that doesn't flow that well. If you have a constant battle background sound, it's... Right, um, how does this rule work while well, meanwhile you hear fighting in the background? It's really odd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I, I, I've, I've never myself used, um, like, sound effects for things. I've always just, if there's a battle, have music playing, because, mm-hmm. you know... I, I like me some dramatic music. It also makes... I, I think that it it's able to link up the things of immersion pretty good just because, you know, when you're in the middle of a battle and then someone needs to look up the rules, uh, it can get a bit... like It can kind of make it fall flat if you're all just sitting there in yeah. dull silence as someone is like, I just... I don't know what spell slots are. Um, well, so. I think we're also going to have a talk about all the immersion-breaking stuff like, like oh, that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, can can I ask uh, what kind mm-hmm. of music do you typically uh, use for a game? Because I always have, I, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to have good atmospheric music, but I always struggle between finding something uh, good but not recognizable versus using yeah. like Game of Thrones music or like Skyrim music or something. Yeah, but don't worry about that. Uh, you should you should totally use uh, Skyrim music uh, with the nights. Uh, pillars of eternity um pillars of eternity that kind of stuff and you and 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 just and just use them and sure some player will recognize in the background but a lot of players and this is this is goes all the way back to our first episode where we talked about world building um Mm -hmm. you will recognize it and will bother you because you know it you go oh my god people are gonna uh, notice i'm gonna that i've ripped this song from skyrim Mm -hmm. players wouldn't notice 
Or, or they'll notice and not care. Um, mm. So don't worry too much about that. That would be my first advice. Second advice uh, is Kevin McLeod. <laughs> yeah that's because i actually uh you know stream and youtube and don't uh, need actual copyright free music yeah. so i can't use all the gaming music uh, and then uh any music by kevin mcleod is of course he is a wonderful man that makes tons and tons and tons yeah. of uh copyright free music that you can use for your games that is perfect uh, exactly made for stuff like this i'm i'm gonna do a quick counterpoint to the first one in that i definitely try to use uh skyrim music for some battles and that all had to get taken off the repertoire because um my uh one of my other pals is also a giant the skyrim nerd uh and she like as soon as it came on she was just like is I cannot listen to this without thinking about being a dragonborn. Dragonborn is who I am in a different campaign. It's not happening. Well, then pick any other game, right? Like, yeah. Sure. That is, you scratch Sky from your repertoire, you go with all the other games, right? Yeah. I've had that same experience, not as a DM, but as a player. Um, other players recognize things and go, oh, is this from, oh, did that happen at this part? And I'm like, okay, we're not, we're not yeah. playing The Witcher right now. We're playing D&D. <laughs> yeah. And let's focus on that, okay? Thanks. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think sometimes using game music can be, like, a risky... I was going to say, if anyone is a nerd in your D&D group, but, like, that should go without saying. Um, nerds? So, like, uh, yeah, a lot There's of times... Nerds in your D&D group? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. right? Not in mine. Nerds in my D&D group. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh my god, how dare they? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, some, 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 that's a segue to voice acting. (laughs) You know what? That voice has not been used that often in my games. And I regret that so thoroughly. It's going to be my only voice for the next season that I do. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I think that very popular games are maybe, not the way to go because people will recognize it and I think it does yeah. take you out of the immersion a little bit uh, because everyone stops thinking about D&D and starts thinking about how long it's been since you last played Skyrim. Yeah. Um, but uh, other other music uh, that I've used, um, it's mostly just been like general music. I don't know, like for for battles i've had to go on to very specific like D battle playlist kind of thing mm-hmm. uh whereas just like walking around doing things you just put on like any other music uh i i got my my players to go to the feywild recently and so i just got a nice day of putting a lot of celtic music in which was delightful mm-hmm. um though that also didn't work because we're all fucking Scottish and I've got two friends with music degrees and me who's been, <laughs> who's played fucking fiddle for all my life. So we're all just thinking about the Scottish music as well. So that I don't have any good answers here. It just seems like well, actually. As one more thing, if the music is distracting, I think, I think a lot of the time the number one mistake is people fail to understand the concept of background music. Um, Mm -hmm. The number one thing usually people go, oh, I recognize this, or this song is distracting, this music is distracting. Turn it down. Just get the volume lower and lower and lower. And that's that's how we do it, because we have recognizable music. But if it's if it's distracting, then it's probably not because it's the wrong choice of music, but because the volume is just too loud. Just turn it down a bit and have a complete background so that the moment someone opens their mouth, Right, the moment any player opens their mouth, the music should be completely drowned out by their voice. The music only fills up the moments of silence. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hemka, is there anything else that you do uh, during your campaigns to make the experience a little more immersive? Well, uh, we play on Roll20, so uh, instead of going, um, you know, we play online, and at first it was, okay, you um, you don't, uh, okay, we can't sit around the table, so we're improvising. It's the best we have is Roll20. That's initially how I approached it. It's like the second grade, like rather sit around the table, but yet let's uh, let's make the best of Roll20. Um, and later I realized that Roll20 gives you a lot more capabilities. So right now I make, uh, I, I, I bought Photoshop. Uh, yeah, I think I said before I got Photoshop just for D&D uh, yeah. and learned to uh, use it. And I make I make a lot of maps and tokens and stuff. And, uh, and we use the dynamic lighting system so people can actually like see what they see. Uh, to to give a to give a bit of a visual experience as well. Um, other than that, a little bit of music, a little bit of a sound effect during cutscenes. Uh, <laughs> that that is that is the overall general uh, immersion. Uh, and of course, it's limited by being online play. If we were sitting around a table, I would definitely make sure to remove certain color. And like I said, whether you are romancing uh, centaurs, centaurs or need to set a, a creepy dungeon atmosphere, candles work. Yeah. I wouldn't do the rose petals. They only work for one of the two, but candles work for both. And um, <laughs> you know, go ahead and set the tone in the room uh, yeah. that way. Instead of just the moment you look up, you're distracted by, by, by computer screens and your phone with Facebook and bright lights and the car honking outside. You know, close the blinds and put up candles. Get a little bit of an atmosphere going. Um, that would be for physical play. Um, so that's, that's your general uh, immersion. Uh, and of course, uh, when it comes to actual you know, role playing, you get uh, there's a ton of things to get immersion. You get uh, nice descriptions of places, obviously, but that's that's kind of you know. I think this this sounds super obvious, incredibly obvious, yet is overlooked, and that is staying character. L- I I've, I love playing with new groups of players. I love playing a game called Og, and it's a game where it's a role playing game where everybody plays cavemen. You know, okay. uh, it's really great. Everybody's cavemen. And uh, each player knows a certain number of words, <laughs> and uh, and and you're not allowed to communicate out of character in any way whatsoever. So if you want to, if we want to say that there's a saber to tiger uh, uh, behind your fellow party member, you're gonna have to jump up and down in the spot, mimicking you know the fangs of a saber tooth tiger to make <laughs> sure you're distinguishing uh, between a saber tooth tiger and an elephant when or a stegodon when you're saying big everything, big everything, <laughs> pointing frantically behind him, and. It really teaches role play, teaches staying in character, uh, and and once once you get a rolling for a while, it's the immersion starts flowing automatically. Like we play and we talk out of character, but then like an hour into our four hour game, everybody has been talking in character for for an hour uh, now, mm-hmm. and 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 there is no such thing as out game anymore. Yeah. Um. So, simple advice: stay in character. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll spend a lot of this hour also talking about some voice acting, but you know, oh, I don't know yeah. if anybody else wants to. Yeah, how about we, we can throw it over to Sarah if there's anything else that, Sarah, you do for your, uh, your D&D games to make them more immersive. Um, <clears throat> I always I play over Skype with a group um, and I always wear a robe. It is a TARDIS. Amazing! Oh my <laughs> uh, god! Uh, so when I put the yes. robe on, it is time to play D&D. Um, I don't know if my players respect it as much as I do, but it, it is. <laughs> That's so um, good. That's so good. 
I don't do music mostly because I personally have a hard time. If it's too quiet, then my brain tries to hear it, like focus on it. And Mm -hmm. if it's too loud, then I get distracted. But I have played games before with um, sounds like you're in a tavern and there's just random chatter. And since my brain's used to tuning that out, I can handle that. And or like walking in the woods, I can tune that out. Um, But like music, I just I have a harder time with it. So I don't use it. Okay. And then voices, obviously. Oh, I love music voices. Oh, yeah, that's the one thing that you you said I've got that is actually, I found it's really important. Uh, You said play on Skype, put on a robe. Playing on Skype can still mean two things. It can be voice or video. If you're going to play online, if possible, try to use cameras. It helps so much to be able to see someone. So Mm -hmm. incredibly much. It's it's it is a visual experience to interact with people. Um, just talking over voice um, makes it just a lot harder to immerse. Yeah, I will say that when it. you when you play with cameras, you can see when your players get on their phones, though. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh god, yeah, that was that was one of the ones that we were wanting to discuss of just like try and ban phones from the table as like as hard as you can because phones kill your games the only thing if I... you're watching nathaniel no overwatch <laughs> during the game yeah nathaniel fuck <laughs> you nathaniel you're a blast this week <laughs> the only thing uh, i don't i don't really mind when people are checking their phones during like uh combat if it's not their turn as long as they know what's mm-hmm. going on when it comes around to them yeah uh, i don't mind too oh, much yeah. Because combat's one of those things where I only want the person whose turn it is talking so we can just get through it as quickly as mm-hmm. possible. It's when other people start to jump in on their turn that it, it slows down, I find. So that's the, that's the one time that's I don't really fair. mind if someone pulls out their phone to text or check Facebook. Cause then, uh, yeah. As long as they're ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as they're... If, if somebody's on their phone and then when it's their turn, they're going, okay, let's see, what spell can I cast? Yes, yeah, then, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh know what you're doing or stop like oh yeah no i feel that like yeah phone phones have always been like a bit of a yeah like because also i like i've got like a couple of apps on my phone that uh i use for when i'm playing as a character and when i'm dming uh so it can get kind of annoying at times uh i assume for like my players when i'm just like checking up on my phone i'm like no i'm paying attention like super hard it's just all of my information is here i'm sorry <laughs> yeah if you're looking up for look if you're on your phone looking for rules okay. okay yeah and as a dm i try and tell my players that like okay i'm not just i'm looking up <laughs> the rules of this i'm not just ignoring yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not just like cruising through facebook you haven't yeah. you haven't pissed me off to the point where i'm checking out yet yeah. yeah, and you can you can you can check your phone while looking up and clearly paying attention to people. There's just there's certain you know physical social cues of of uh yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, and just looking at them and say something and go back to your phone uh, instead of you know there's a difference between that and just being drowned in your phone, yeah, um, oblivious to what's happening around you. There's a, there's a big difference to that, obviously. Uh, yeah, it, it is one of those ones that does manage to break immersion like super fast. Um, but yes, otherwise it's like, oh, also one of, one of the other things that, uh, will break your immersion for no 
reason other than people are weak-minded human beings, and I will not uncount myself as this, but make sure that you designate, like, a little time for a break, like, in the middle, because oh. your people gonna need to eat pizza and, like, various other, like... <laughs> Break Greasy is foods. very important. People on the estimated break, people go, oh, I can go four hours without a break. And you <laughs> yeah. know that in that fourth hour, everybody's oh, yeah. going to be absolutely shit. You're out. Yeah. yeah. You, need, you need a break. Uh, I know yeah. I need that break. <laughs> God damn right. But yeah, so make sure you schedule in break time because it will break the immersion for like the amount of time that you're breaking for. But like in the long term, it's the best you can do. Yeah, but that's why I always start a break with a cliffhanger. To go like, okay, <laughs> everybody looks at me in anticipation and go, and we'll see what happens after the <laughs> break. Hello there, guys. It is Ismay back with your break chat after our week off. I, I say our week off, but like, I mean my week off because I was down in England with the family and the girlfriend uh, and everyone else can't get on my account. So we had to take a week off, but I hope that you didn't miss us too much. Um, but if you did, then I guess it goddamn sucks to be you plugs we've always got uh hemko uh he does his unlikely gm you'll hear a little bit more about it at the end uh they do um their campaign the unlikely heroes on sundays at i think it is 7 p.m at it's b bst now i think it's bst because we've done the whole thing where you know we arbitrarily put the clocks forward or backward because of some antiquated bullshit um, that farmers don't even give a shit about. Because we're always told that it's about the farmers, but farmers hate it, apparently. I don't know. I'm rambling. I don't know what time it is, but I think it's BST now. But I think Gamago's thing is at 7pm uh, BST on Unlikely GM on Twitch. Um, they've also got a game on Sat um, Saturdays, on Fridays now, that you will hear about a little bit more at the end. As for other things, as always, you can download this show on SoundCloud and give us a follow there, share there, and a like there. Um, but we're also on iTunes, and you can find us there uh, if you go under Crit Chat for podcasts and leave us a five-star review for the five-star show, and it'll be awesome. Also, new things, uh, we now have our Twitter. Our Twitter is aptly named Crit Chat, uh, where you can go and follow us there. You get all the updates of when the um, when the show is going live and when the new episodes are out, which will always help. And you can interact with us there, which would be awesome and cool. And it also just gives us a little extra boost so that other people can, you know, know about our show, which would be super cool and tight and amazing. I'd love you forever. Um, we're also getting a Facebook page. Uh, by the time that you're listening to this, hopefully we'll have them. And I say hopefully because that's hopefully I'll get off my ass and make it. Um, and so you should be able to find that by searching a crit chat on Facebook and finding us there. That will be very much the same things as you'll find on the Twitter, but just on, you know, a different platform because we're all like multi-platform synergy and all that, and all that bullshit. Uh, other than that, you can always watch us live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Again, now I think it's called BST on a teacup gamer, which is my very own Twitch channel. Um, and the, but watching it live is just a little, little satisfying, a little more satisfying. And, uh, you get to interact with us if you're in chat, which is always good. Um, but yeah, that's it. I, I just blew the fuck through this. You don't have to hear my voice for much longer, which means it sucks to be you because my voice is a delight. Thank you for noticing. Bye. Also, I hope you liked me doing this when we're talking about break chat. I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. And now... Back to after the cliffhanger. Woo. Cliffhangers are such a great tool.
Um, yeah. And uh, and lots some players hate me for it. Uh, most players love me for it, and mostly a combination of the two. Um, because in the end, it keeps people in, people in, interested. Uh, yeah. Not just in the break, but also in the week in between. You want to you want to have your cliffhanger and then have your 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 group's Discord chat just filled with theories. I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. We'll see you next week. You know that keeps your mind in the game instead of yeah. uh, checking out for a week and then coming back going, "All right, don't worry." <laughs> That's a dream. Um, but yeah, so one one of the things that we we have alluded to a lot during the episode already is the importance of doing voices for uh, your NPCs because there is. There, well, there's there's a couple of other things that like make the immersion go pretty pretty good and pretty swell, but voices are one of those things that at the beginning of DMing, I think that it makes you feel ridiculous. And maybe you know what, fucking during your entire time of DMing, yep. it might make you feel ridiculous. But there's nothing and, better than voices. And the feeling ridiculous is the one point I really really want to hook in on, because um, it's um, it's the same theory as when you're when you're a host. A lot of etiquette rules that we f- find silly are based on uh, avoiding embarrassment. You're mm-hmm. a host and your guests uh, need to feel comfortable they shouldn't feel embarrassed uh, um, uh, so you avoid that by sticking to etiquette. As as a DM you're kind of that uh, that host. You have to be the silliest one at the table. Not silly yes. as in funny because everybody can play the chaotic uh, chaotic neutral also random person. That's not <laughs> that's not that's not embarrassing silly. But <laughs> you uh, if you as a GM are afraid to embarrass yourself, how on earth do you think your players are gonna play their characters? Right? You're the host, you set the tone, you set the bar. Um, so I as a GM want to be a, a any any embarrassing I, I i do this stuff uh i'm not a great voice actor but you try it and you do oh, it yeah. and i and i recommend everybody to just do it no matter if you're bad at it because it sets a tone if you're gonna and maybe there'll be a laugh maybe you'll make an ass out of yourself but you're the <laughs> dm you're the host your job is to make an ass out of yourself so that the players feel comfortable making an ass out of themselves yeah. you know they can they could go voice act their players and do it as, as and try as hard as possible and fail as hard as they as as, as possible well don't try to feel searchable, but but that's completely <laughs> fine to fail because you're still not embarrassing yourself as much as yeah. the GM doing all those silly NPCs. Yeah. One million silly voices. Yeah. I think that uh, one of the things that I that I got confused with when I first started um, DMing is that I kind of got confused doing voices with doing accents because one of the things was like I suck at accents so bad um but it's just kind of re- remembering that the difference between like you don't have to do accents to do character voices because you can do your accent but with people with different like ways of speaking mm-hmm. or like d- different like pitch or different speech affectations like not being able to say the word affectations without sounding like a dingus and also doing different voices will help your your players process information that you're giving them more because there's a different a sound different sound coming from your mouth so they know this information is related to that character versus one mm-hmm. I was trying to do 5 minutes ago. Yeah. That makes sense. Like especially like if you've got multiple NPCs in like a scene with them uh, and it's like if if you've just used your voice for all of them, then no one will know what's going on, <laughs> which is unfortunate. It makes your characters instantly memorable, really. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 that's and that's also and that's something I keep alluding to also when it comes to like stealing material from other things, which is completely fine. Is mm-hmm. you're one person. Every time I remind GMs that we're amateurs, we're one person doing this <laughs> in our off time for fun. Um, so don't be afraid to fail. Don't look at voice actors and go, "I have to do that." Just no. Yeah. Um, and if and if players at the table don't understand that, then slap them. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean we're all we're all we're all amateurs having fun. Um, so we should completely feel comfortable to uh, risk embarrassing ourselves. Yeah, I mean uh, it, it's so important to set the scene. It's uh, and, and and you go to silly stuff like sometimes I, I've I've made some things where um, all the races are classics. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, everybody knows the dwarves, but. Also in non-fantasy, when you play different humans, if, uh, and my elves are all French, um, <laughs> I thought that that was fitting. Um, when they ca- when they came my last elves. Sunday, they came into the embassy of the elf, uh, into the room of the elven ambassador with a wolf in tow, and uh, the first response was, "Oh, take that silly dog out of here! It's ruining the carpet." That was the first thing the character said, and it immediately yeah. sets the tone. They know the character. It's fairly silly, but it's not it's not unimmersive silly and <laughs> and the moment I play the character that way, it, they direct the character and that's the first thing he says, um, all the players will should feel comfortable to go, Okay, I should try to voice act my character. Because that's yeah. what you want. You're one person. Well, you can do a lot of things, but to to really make an immersive game, uh you need to corral the players into helping make an immersive game. You want yeah. them to start talking in character only and start using voices. And when everybody's doing that, you're reinforcing each other. And that's when you get an actual immersive game instead of just a GM act putting up a show. Yeah. I think, um, going back to something we talked a, a little bit about about uh, previously, um, one of the things that can really help uh, immersion in a game is uh, using, like, the using people's senses like when uh, i think kemko was you saying um that you need like nice descriptions of places because that gets people in the in the environment that you're in it may like if you've got like a nice description of the place that you're seeing like be that like what it looks like maybe put in a couple of smells in there smells like good things smells like bad things <laughs> smells like centaur fucking it's gonna uh... smell like something uh... <laughs> Don't it's worry, we're time. back. We're back. It's, think uh, about what that would smell like. I think we said this before as well in a previous episode, where well, basically adjectives are your friend. You don't, you don't have to make elaborate descriptions for everything. Just one word. One word will set yeah. the immersion. A a room versus a chilly room is yeah. a huge difference because nobody's immersed if you say a room. Nobody cares. It's a room. Mm-hmm. It's you see a little box on a piece of paper if you're using a battle mat. It's it's nothing. It's a it's a space to move around and that's it. If you say a chili room, one word, one adjective, everybody immediately has this image mm-hmm. of this room where maybe there's some wind blowing and there's some chills and it's cold and there's a feeling to it. One word can do that. Uh, adjectives are your friend. Use them. Yeah. Just like little things. Little little sensory things. Um but uh on that, uh, Sarah, you were talking a little bit about um, wanting to mention about uh, people in the group that have like uh, different sensory things. Uh, can you talk a little bit about about your group and what's what's the dealio there? Uh, right. Um, we ha- I have six players in my group, so it's quite a lot to handle sometimes. Um, but yeah. one of one of our players uh, has multiple sclerosis, and so when we play in person, 
they deal with um, sitting in the same position for a long time is uncomfortable for them. And so we have to be conscious to like schedule breaks or allow them to move around and not be like, okay, you need to sit down and focus. Yeah. And then um, when we play over Skype, uh, they have the freedom to move, but when Skype does the volume adjustment, a lot of time it's hard for them to focus on who is actually talking and who's just chatting with whoever else is in the room at their house at the time, because Skype will balance that. Um, and we, I think they've dealt with it pretty well. I mean, they're one of our more willing to immerse themselves and use character voices players. Um, and I'm awesome. I appreciate that about them, but I just wondered if if you guys had any experience with that or suggestions for how to make it better for them. So is this more in terms of the the Skype call uh, balancing out? Well, just any any. Ex- My advice is simple. Have you tried not using Skype? Yeah, <laughs> we have. Well, with six six players and half of them are in IT. Um, for their jobs, a lot of them have very strong opinions about what we should use, and Skype was kind of the <laughs> middle road that we could get everybody oh, to agree God. on. Yeah, no, that's a difficult one, like, especially because, like, it, it, I think, like, obviously, it definitely would depend on the abilities that everyone has, like, you know, like, not everyone has the ability to have, like, a small, like, safe room where people are not going to bother them for however long your games are taking um but yeah like just in in terms of like trying to make this person like as comfortable as possible it's probably like just trying to make sure everyone's on board with hey if you could do your very best and like to not have random conversations in the background because skype will make that living hell for everyone other than that it's fucking difficult my dude (laughs) That's um, definitely something I've run into. I had to tell some of my uh, my players, um, and that and that's the moment. Uh, all of it is fairly lighthearted, but uh, and all the phone stuff. Yeah, please, you know, mm-hmm. do that. But my my kind of harsh side does come out when I have to remind people to take the game a bit seriously in the way mm-hmm. that it's actually you know they're just sitting there with a lot of other people. Um, and checking your phone is one thing, but actually having massive distractions around you, you you have people you can talk to in your life. If you live uh, with family, mm-hmm. uh, I hope you have the communication skills to go over to your family and say, once a week, there's a few hours where I need some quiet. And if your family or whoever you live with or your roommates or cannot get themselves to leave the room once a week for a few hours or be quiet once a week for a few hours, um, you have bigger problems, I think, than making an immersive D&D game. Like, you should be able to communicate to people and you should be able to take the game seriously enough to sort that shit out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I do. It's my hobby. And I, I'll, I'll take some hours out of my day for it. I was, I was just like... Every part of me knows that as soon as I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, no, like, I'm real lucky that, like, everyone in my house is very, like, respectful of my podcast time, that there's going to be, like, a door slam somewhere in the house that's going <laughs> right to now. rock my world. <laughs> and I mean, waiting for it. I have had to have conversations because since we're on Skype and it's there's, like, a husband and wife who play on the same camera and then everybody else is on their own cameras. Um, 
And I have had to have conversations like, okay, can you have your kids in the background watch TV in another room? Like, I understand that they're little, (laughs) but I really don't want to hear, you know, Bo on the go in the background while we're playing this game. (laughs) And also players like trying to jump in and help when it's like a a conversation between one player and an NPC and none of their other characters are in the room, but people are talking Mm -hmm. or trying to be helpful. I have to be like, okay, you're not part of this conversation. You're not in their head. You need to shut up. Because you're distracting yeah. this player or other it, players and being disruptful. Respect yeah. those two ways, and it's very important. It's indeed, when when somebody ha- when there's a person with kids that, that they're taking care of or playing the, the game, I'm very respectful of that. Uh, you know, you make do with what you have, and, and it's great that you can take some time out, and it's a situation you're in. But it goes two ways, and it's also indeed exactly what you say. Um, it's pretty disrespectful if you don't even put any thought into it. Like, if it's not possible at all, if the kids are there, then okay, fine. But at least have it a try, you know. I've I've had people that the completely oblivious parents that, that have gotten such a oh yeah, I just ignore my children kinda of issue. And that's that's great. We like, don't good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't have screaming kids around me constantly. That's my choice. That's my choice, yeah. Well, that's we, my lifestyle. <laughs> we have a six year old or a seven year old, she just turned seven last week. And so yeah. she knows like when it's D and D time that she gets to watch tv in the other room so she's gonna look forward to that and get her responsibilities <laughs> taken care of so she's not in a room cleaning it and angry instead of mm-hmm. getting to watch whatever she wants on tv <laughs> yeah <laughs> and in return to that to that mother you are respectful as in you know if you have to duck out or whatever there is uh, the kids it's always more important than a game yeah you know that's, yeah. that's something that uh everybody should be aware of um, yeah. it's two-way everybody just kind of things about each other's situation yeah i I think that like um like it's definitely a lot more difficult to keep immersion going like if you're doing your uh D &D sessions online uh i've fortunately well fortunately or not like i i have only really ever played D in person with people so it's a lot less of an issue apart from just just little things of like roommates coming home and being like, oh, this is a good, like you and your friends are here. Let's all chat. And we're like, no, it's not chat time. It's nerd time. Leave. I'll be honest. Um, that shit is easier online. That's way easier online. Because when I played in, in person, it was our Sundays. We uh, arrived after lunch. We chatted about, basically we were friends hanging out. And every now and then a game of D&D broke out. Not really the other way around. When you're playing online, you have to schedule. Okay, uh, we're starting at that hour and we're ending at that hour. We've got a few hours. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in there going, we're spending these hour- these few hours together on playing D&D. Um, yeah. It's not just a hang around, show out session. We play D&D for those few hours. So it's helped, actually. It's been more oh, to play online. Yeah. Like again, like I'm, I'm just coming from like me and my friends are like, yeah, we we've not had so like we we enjoy like the hanging out part. Like normally we yeah. get our chatting in when. Uh, people are showing up and like you know in a break time but it's very much i think that i think that a lot of it is on you as the dm to make sure that people are kind of on i was gonna say on task but that sounds a lot less fun than DD actually is it's true though it takes um, a little bit of effort you can't just sit there only caring about yourself it takes a little bit of effort and, and thinking about the people around you and once you start mm-hmm. doing that once everybody starts doing that you get this amazing immersive flowing game yeah like just like yeah, being being sometimes a bit the bad guy as the DM it goes like a long way. Because uh, I was in a a group uh, at one point where the DM was 
like the, the the people in the party had like split up and gone different ways and there was a conversation that had gone on for quite a while with one half of the group and then when the other half of the group got their turn to kind of talk um the first group decided that they want to be a part of that conversation as well um and in that kind of situation it's kind of on the dm to be like no you kind of had your turn now it's time for these people to have their turn wait <laughs> let let everyone kind of have their ro- let their time in the spotlight as it were in in the game because otherwise it's just a lot of people not not playing <laughs> and uh, yeah i think i think that that helps a lot with um you know if if you're doing it online as well if people are doing the whole speaking over other people's turns to just sometimes you have to turn to them and just be like look it's time for you to be quiet <laughs> because you're kind of, I don't know, break, breaking the flow of the game, which sucks. I, I kind of sort of also take a different mentality with that. You're right. You're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. You have to tell people uh, it's not your turn spotlight. Um, but if that's generally people's complaint and other people act, then uh, I, will, I will tell them first and foremost that I'm more saddened. And maybe this is more because we do a stream game and the people that, uh, that are in our game also like other streams so maybe we're a different kind of players that love watching other people roleplay um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm quite clear to players um, it's not just it's it, it shouldn't be a sacrifice to do that it shouldn't be a sacrifice to sit there and not have a spotlight and not be part of the RP interaction yeah. if you don't enjoy watching your fellow players have a roleplay interaction without your character involved maybe you're not in the wrong game but maybe you're in the wrong game. You know, it's for me. It's uh, my players. We can we can split up and go off, and two people will have a role play interaction, and the rest of the players, instead of going off their phone because it's not their turn, because they have to yeah. wait. You know, they actually love watching it because yeah, it's it's fun exactly. to watch. It's entertaining. Yeah. So, you know, instead of going, oh, it's not your spotlight. How about encouraging them to go? How about you actually listen to the other people's interacting and try enjoying. Uh, watching them. Yeah, no, that, that that that's that's more what I was meaning. It's just like, yeah, it, it it's difficult in situations where there are people that apparently don't super enjoy that whole sitting and watching. Which I I myself don't really understand. I love seeing other people's <laughs> interactions, but um, yeah, is it, having to deal with people who do want to play the entire time, um, and without break. Um, it it can be it kind of can be kind of difficult in that situation to it is a group you know. game um but yeah no uh one of one of the other things that uh we did talk about a little bit as well um is like the kind of environment that you're playing in um I- i've talked about this before it wasn't uh dungeons and dragons we were playing a dread game uh but it w- i so dread dread uh, we've talked about on the show before it's very spooky um and kind of dark uh and you can't do voices like me saying spooky because no one takes that seriously um but yeah so it i I think that a lot of the time like if you're doing uh a kind of darker moment or like a you've got like a darker like session set out for that week kind of making the environment a little bit spookier is absolutely delightful like we it was um it was genuinely amazing because we we went into our the room that we normally play in um but we normally have the windows nice and wide open which works usually because everyone's out in the fresh air and doing adventures out there uh but we closed all the windows 
put out our sexy centaur fucking candles um, that were more ominous in this atmosphere and kind of like all all sat around uh, with like the the ambient music playing and just like making the room dim and gloomy made the atmosphere instantly a lot more tense um but as as uh, i think we said as well on a previous episode it would definitely not work if you did that every single week i think because you know you'll get used to it eventually you're like oh yeah we're going back in the dark room whatever it's it's cool but just having like every so often bring the intensity up a little bit it really kind of like sets people on edge in like a really cool fun way uh until they all die and they don't think it's cool and fun anymore but i do yeah all of these are nice little extra things you can you can always say it, it's one of the things uh, my advice same with voice go nuts if you have this mm-hmm. idea do it fucking own it mm-hmm. go for it um any, anything like this, any immersion thing that seems silly at first, if you own it, then keep it up. Instead of going, oh, oh, yeah. oh sorry, it was a bit silly, a bit embarrassing, and you stop it because, oh, it's a failure. No. If you set the mood, some players might respond with, well, that's a bit weird. It's the mood thing. I physical. We're playing a game, right? 30 minutes mm-hmm. later. Uh, oh, they're in it. They're yeah. they're completely immersed. They, they, they're in it. So mm-hmm. you know, stick with that. And they do that. Go nuts. If you have an idea, just go for it. Don't be afraid to embarrass yourself. That's your job as a GM. It's the best job. Like, I, I think, yeah, we, we, we talked about on our, like, our mental health thing of, like, the the game, when I first started DMing, it was absolutely terrifying to me to put myself out there and do stupid voices uh, because I was like, these people are going to judge me so harshly. But they didn't, and I kind of, got over that so it now now it's now it's just made the game a lot more fun for everyone which is always nice uh like i like i don't think we ever stop coming back to doing the whole voices thing because it's possibly one of the most important things to immerse your players yeah because it's absolutely it's phenomenal. A rule. i'm gonna say well try it if you like it see if you don't know it, it really there has never in the history of D and role-playing games been a role-playing game that wasn't enhanced by using voices uh, mm-hmm. Even the worst of worst attempts at doing voices uh, is is good. Any kind of different voices is great. It it will improve your game. As self conscious as you may be, as silly as it may sound, um, it will improve it. You either do it or you don't. And mm-hmm. you know, some voices are better and will improve the game more than others. But any attempt at doing voices will improve your game. Yeah. So um one like we we've not got too much that but I wanted to real quickly um one of the things that I wrote down that I don't know if anyone's mentioned if they've done before um just wondering if anyone's ever used actual visuals for their games um to try and make them more immersive so like Ian have you ever done like any like visual things for for your D and D games I mean I use I use props sometimes um. For the game I was just in, or not that I'm just in, that I'm that I'm running currently, um, they mm-hmm. encounter. Uh, it, it's the Curse of Strahd game for Fifth Edition, so they encounter okay. a character early on who essentially tells them, you know, here's the items you need to find, where you're going to find them, and then the guy who's going to help you, and that's done through sort of a tarot card reading. Um, and the information's yes. very important, and I don't think anyone wrote it down in my group, so I made these fake tarot cards. <laughs> 
uh, that has all the information on the back and then the picture of the card on the front of it. Oh, that's amazing. So I've got stuff like that. I really like, you know, aging paper for handouts. Like if they find a note or something, I will actually hand them that note. And I always dye the paper and then I leave that's it in my so oven cool. for too long and nearly burn my house down. But that's a different story. <laughs> um, you don't so need yeah. a house, just get d and I don't need a house. Uh <laughs> So yeah, I, I actually really enjoy doing that. I really enjoy making handouts for people, and uh, pe- people always seem to uh, to like it. It's a, it's a cool thing to do, and then the, the players actually yeah. have all the information they have right there in their hands. That's so cool. I'm like, I don't know why, but for some reason I'm imagining like a couple years down the line, like you've just kind of lost your goddamn mind and you're like, oh yeah, so you come across a treasure trove and there's this really cool sword and you just whap out a sword for one of your players. Like, fuck it. We have done that. We've had a player with a sword collection that goes, well, uh, here's a magical sword you find and hand in the sword. Fantastic. Um, But we didn't make that sword. That was just something that was hanging on the wall. (laughs) But that's so cool I like i really like that that's that's the great thing about merch you can go nuts you can mm-hmm. you can do all these things all these things great whatever pops into your head more is better yeah uh all these all these hand that sounds really cool what you're doing uh yeah, I'm, so cool. uh, I'm sad that i'm not playing person anymore if i played in person i would love to to do what you're doing and making yeah. hand well um, since we we play over skype we have a facebook group so, mm-hmm. um, since I'm running the Adventures on Balance Arc, there's a plethora of fan art out there, and so I oh, yeah. tend to post it in our face group, Facebook group with credit for the artists, obviously, and so they have a lot of visual aids that they can go back and look, okay, what does this character maybe look like? And then they can yeah. see that, and then maps, and for, like, announcements, or, like, I made a flyer for Wonderland, or a ticket for the Rockport oh, Limited, so cool. and just posted it as the banner for the upcoming arc and then once the murder had happened on the rockport limited the ticket changed so it had blood on it and just like things in our facebook group to help them make connections to what they want to see in their mind palace (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of with online yeah i do the same with all 20 obviously there's constant maps there's a journal of little handouts that are all made just misses the tactile feeling of actually having an age piece of paper in your hand yeah But like uh, that's a that's like a really cool like little like other option if you're not playing yeah. things in real life and you can't get really cool like aged paper from your cool DM. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what I meant. I think near the start where I said instead of seeing Roll Twenty and playing online as as a means to an end to make do, I embraced it. So mm-hmm. I use much more visuals, uh, maps for everything, handouts for everything, pictures for the NPCs. Um, every NPC has a picture. Every you know, there's maps for every area they're in because it's so easy to to use them in World Twenty Online and to make them. Uh, so so I embraced it in that sense, and that's something you can't get in a physical game. There's there's actual once you start seeing online play as something different and not subpar to physical play, you know you you can you can really go nuts on the visuals and get maps yeah. and pictures and readily accessible in roll 20 there's a journal on the side they can they can look for themselves for the character categories and while we're playing they can look through there and uh and and and, and have a reminder of the npc uh and, and see the npc themselves look them up um but yeah we're probably gonna have to start uh wrapping up now even though now i'm just all i'm like i'm just in the past like 
two minutes, I guess, been writing letters in my head that I can give to my players. And <laughs> might start tea staining the paper now. Oh, I've got a wax seal around here somewhere. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> I love using my wax seal. No one oh, ever knows how to so open good. letters with it. It's so fun, though. It's, it's so, so fun. fun, though, to do the handouts. Uh, part, and that's, that's also immersion. It's very quickly, I know you want to wrap up. Uh, yeah. But the, the great thing about doing handouts like that is you can give them to the person that's actually reading them. Mm-hmm. And instead of you saying to the players what they read, it's so nice to go, if the other players don't know what's on it, that player's going to have to read it out. Make them yeah. do it in character. Make them do yeah. it in voice. Unless you're an idiot and you've made a character that doesn't know how to read, like my dumbass did. <laughs> and to the barbarian. Read that. <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh, Pretty pictures. I, I made a stupid elf. It, it's a long story. <laughs> my poor stupid elf. Anyway, um, but yeah, we'll start, start doing the, the whole... Uh, we'll probably only have time for like real quick last advice things, but we've got the, the D4 of shame going. Uh, oh, good, fun. I'm up first, I guess. Uh, so uh, I, I guess my like end kind of advice for immersing people. Um, I very much enjoy the whole like music aspect. Oh, good. Thank you. A car alarm going off right outside. So, you know, sound effects that you can add in totally on purpose and not at all by accident like car alarms um that was a weird dragon it almost sounded like a car alarm yeah right <laughs> use use the world around you as your sound effects um but yeah i, I really like uh using music i think that it can be as him was saying like yeah you if you put it on like at a good level then it can usually go pretty well um use not very well-known game soundtracks because your nerd friends will not be able to <laughs> stop listening to them if they know what they're from. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think that music can add like a little a little extra to a scene and it stops people from immediately kind of being taken out the moment if there's like a silence for people looking up spells or whatever on their turn, then you've at least got something going in the background for people to concentrate on and keep them in the moment okay up next we've got uh that's gonna be sarah what do you got for us uh i would say that uh don't take yourself too seriously in the sense that it limits you on trying different things to get your players immersed whether that's voices or atmosphere um because either way it's gonna be memorable (laughs) yeah that's fucking fair um uh next oh rolled up my thing next up is gonna be ian uh yeah i guess my last advice would be uh if you're going to if it, it you you should use voices is what i was going to say yeah. definitely use voices <laughs> and if you can't think of anything to say or if you can't think of a voice to use just steal a voice no one's gonna know just do a bad impression steal a voice from the last <laughs> cartoon or tv show you watched and it won't be perfect but it doesn't have to be it's you're creating a new character whole cloth they can sound however you want Awesome, um, but last but not least, we've got Hemko. What's your what's your um, last advice? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a, do a quick fire one because I had a few in my head. Um, oh, awesome! First of all, short one, but I've already said this. <laughs> Don't be afraid to make an ass out of yourself. Yeah, that's simple. Uh, for the voices, what you said, uh, just what Ian said about stealing uh, voices. Sometimes some people find it hard to mimic the voices well. Well, um, 
phys- physical aids. Just do whatever makes your voice sound different. Pull your chin in and uh, talk a bit like this, and immediately you've got a character wow. with a different voice. You're not voice acting, you're not changing any accent, you're literally just pulling your chin in, and your character has a different voice. Um, <laughs> one little thing which isn't advice, it's more of a caveat to wrap the entire episode up for <laughs> all the DMs sitting at home, sweating their ass off right now, going, wow, I have to do all of this. <laughs> No, I <laughs> have to make props to voice acting, get music, get sound effects, get people go, what? This is a lot of work. Relax. No, you don't have to. I mean, you do definitely have to make props. That is without a doubt the only yeah. thing you have to do in D&D. Um, but other than that... You also like... have to do voices. <laughs> um, you know what? And you have to do music. Just start <laughs> small. Do everything. Start small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do a voice. Do do things that don't take effort. I mean, get your sexy candles to, out. Don't feel obliged to go spend all your free time doing, you know, um, centers, making props and all that kind of stuff. But you know, <laughs> just whatever pops in your head, whatever you want to do, do it. Yeah. Don't just take whatever we do in couple. Whatever you think would be cool for immersion, actually go out and do it. And don't be afraid to fail. Just do it. Damn right. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Bad impression uh, of. Sound, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It's an original character. Um, but uh, uh, Hemko, we've got a plug from you, don't we? Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. Um, once you're done listening to the podcast, uh, don't forget to go to twitch.tv forward slash unlikely GM, uh, where on Sundays at seven seven GMT we have our D and D game, and on Fridays. Uh, late night at 11 GMT, we have a new series, a Savage Worlds game. If you want to hop in at the start of the series, we're only one episode in. Friday's going to be the second episode, so you are just in time to get there from the start and uh, right see our adventure story. live. Awesome. Um, but yeah, also, uh, obviously for me, you can always find me on a Teacup Gamer on Twitch if you want to see me play games. Uh, right now, I'm in the middle of... Undertale, and I still have no idea what I'm doing, and people keep yelling at me because I suck at it, but it's fun. I loved your voices in Undertale, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. They're the only voices I can do, including the old Jewish woman. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> old Jewish woman is one of my favorite voices in this world. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so you can you can follow me on Twitch if you want to see that. Um, I find every opportunity to do voices, so you can see me put my money where my mouth is. Um, but wherever you're listening, uh, you can go into the description to find our Discord channel. And also, we've now got our Twitter um, that you can follow, um, which will be good. And you'll get updates on everything there. And it would make me feel nice if more people follow that, because then I'll, I'll know that people are actually out there listening, which is always a bonus. Um, but you can also go to our SoundCloud, where you can listen to these episodes and download previous episodes, as well as giving us a like and a follow on there. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat in podcasts and leave this a five-star review for the five-star show. Add some, like, I don't know. My, my challenge to everyone is to try and describe what this show actually is in, like, a comment there, because I keep trying, but Advice Podcast just doesn't seem to be quite right. But, eh, Smut. give it a go. I would go for Smut. entertaining shit, so. Right, just... <laughs> Straight up smut, like weird fantasy smut. 
Um, but yeah, um, you can also, obviously, if you follow on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch, you can watch us live uh, every Tuesday at 5pm GMT. Uh, and we will see you then and there next week. Until then, I have been Ismay. Uh, I've been Ian, and the horse half gets pregnant. <laughs> yes! Yeah, I've been Remco, and uh, if you've got any friends that uh, enjoy uh, centaur uh, paraphernalia, send them our way. They'll love the <laughs> And I've been Sarah, and also horrified. <laughs> you have been listening to Crit Chat. Also, guess what? Plot Twist is the human half. Everyone suck it. <laughs> no. Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.